Hello, friends. Welcome to the Proverbs 31 Ministries podcast, biblical truth for any girl at any age. My name is Kaylee Olson, and I'm here with my co-host, Meredith Brock. Hi, Kaylee. I am so happy to be here today. If you're new around here, we're excited to have you join us. Maybe you had a nice friend tell you about the podcast. What a good friend you have. Or maybe you stumbled upon it on social media or something. Either way, why don't you go ahead and click that little subscribe button on iTunes so you never miss another episode, right? That was a nice shameless plug there, You know, Meredith. I'm not afraid. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm not either. Okay. I have a question for you. Ready. Have you ever tried to start something new, big or small, and just felt like you couldn't push through? Uh, all the time. Yeah. Like, does, does, a, does a basket of laundry count as this? Because some days I just feel like I can't push through. Do you want to know a secret? Yeah. Or not a secret. I have had laundry in my dryer for a week <laughs> and I well, just there you keep... have it folks you just can't <laughs> just... push through you just I know I have felt this way about renovations though and then yeah. even about like you know I started working here at Proverbs 31 um seven years ago uh-huh. and I remember there's been many moments mm-hmm. where as we built our creative team just thought oh my word I don't know that I can push through this mm-hmm. and God's been good I've been able to yep. push through every time I'm very thankful yeah yeah well you know that's exactly why I'm really excited for our listeners to hear today's message and even for us to hear it we've got Glennis Whitwer executive director of communications at Proverbs 31 Ministries here with us today to give a teaching welcome Glennis Hi, Kaylee. Hi, Meredith. Thanks for having me on today. We are so excited you're here, Glennis. If you guys aren't familiar with this lovely lady, you need to be. Yeah. Because let me tell you what, I'm going to give you a little inside scoop on Glennis really fast. Uh Everybody who's listening, listen really close because she's hilarious. She's got one of my favorite senses of humor. It's very dry. And if you're not paying attention, you'll miss it. And it's, I just love it. I love somebody that is so clever and so smart. They can just slide jokes in here and there without people even recognizing uh-huh. it. I also love Glennis because she loves her kids. She loves her husband and she loves her dogs. Glennis, how many dogs do you have? Is it two? Um, we have two and I'll tell you one of them sitting right here. So let's Aww. hope he doesn't start or she doesn't start the whining. <laughs> yeah. um, I believe gotta... that. She's always joining yeah. us. Glennis uh, joins us from where Proverbs 31 offices are located here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. But Glennis joins us all the way from Arizona. So mm-hmm. we're very used to having her very cute dogs join us in meetings. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Yes. I love it. One other thing I really love about Glennis is that she loves the word of God. Mm-hmm. And she handles it um, with care and precision as she leads our team for Encouragement for Today devotions and our Compel Writers training program. She also coordinates the content portion of our annual She Speaks conference. So I'm so thankful to have her as part of our team, but also to have mm-hmm. her here today to talk about some of the things she's learned. Yes. Well, out of all of the many things that you have on your plate, we're pumped that you're here, Glennis. Thank you for taking some time for us. You know, Meredith and I were talking earlier about your message from She Speaks and just talking about how excited we are to hear it. And we think that our audience is really going to be set free and challenged by some of the things that you have to share. So, Glennis, will you go ahead and give us your teaching? Yeah, I'd love to. Thank you so much. So, um, well, what you didn't say is I've been with Proverbs for hard to believe, but um, going on 19 years, I've been on staff wow. for 18. Wow. Um, that's a long time. And as you can imagine, Proverbs 31 was much different back then. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were just this handful of women. We were putting out a little black and white newsletter. 
we had a little uh, 60, I think it was two minute radio show at that time on one station there in Charlotte. And the group of us were just starting to write and speak. And then most of what we learned, you can imagine, I mean, just even imagine the technology difference between then and now, but we learned through trial and error. But what I am I'm just amazed about is God's hand of protection on us. And because um, we're still here today because of him mm-hmm. and because we've learned some lessons. And one of the things I have loved about Lisa Turkhurst, and I think you all know she's a proverb, uh, president of Proverbs 31 Ministries, is she has had this heart of generosity mm-hmm. to give back what she has been given. Any lesson that she's learned, she learns and turns around immediately to share it. Mm-hmm. And that's impacted me personally as well. So what I'm going to share with you today are three of the most important lessons that I've learned about being in ministry, in writing, and, and publishing. It's I, And I think they're what are going to keep people in this calling uh, beyond just that little short-term rush. So um, I'll start with a little bit about myself, but I've been writing all my professional life. So I got a degree in journalism and public relations from Arizona State University. And before I came to Proverbs, I worked as a, a public relations writer, marketing, advertising, copy. But Again, I imagine that was back in the 80s. And I thought my career would always include writing, but I didn't have very big goals for myself. In fact, actually, my personal goal was to work at a company where I would put together the employee newsletter. So I thought if I could just do an employee newsletter, I'll put some tips and photos and maybe a recipe. I thought that would be my dream job. But I never thought that I would write a book or any magazine articles or devotions. I didn't see myself as anything other than the editor of a little newsletter. But God had some other plans. So in 1998, my family moved from Phoenix to Charlotte. Um, And we were only going to go for two years uh, because I didn't want to leave Phoenix. I was happy. And I really decided um, that my husband was so selfish that he was going to take me out of God's (laughs) will for two years. And then I would suffer through those two years. And then I would get back to my life when um, I returned to Phoenix. But it wasn't um, long, really just like a month after we moved to Charlotte, that I saw Lisa Turkers give her testimony at a church we were visiting. And then I heard her on the radio. And I clearly heard God tell me, call her and volunteer, which I had never heard God speak to me other than telling me to tell my husband yes to move. And the second time he ever spoke to me was telling me, call Lisa Turkers and volunteer. So if you can believe it, somehow I got her phone number, <laughs> which would not happen today. Just let me let you know. Uh, <laughs> I gave her a call and she said they'd been praying for someone with a degree in journalism. So um, that led me to volunteer. And then after I completed this little volunteer project, they needed someone to take on the newsletter. Okay, guys, can you even imagine how excited I was? Wow. A newsletter. <laughs> but I told them, I'm going back to Phoenix, so I'll help you. Uh, in the in the short run, but we got to find an editor. Well, long story short, we never found an editor. So <laughs> <laughs> here I am, uh, you know, 18 to 19 years later, and I've been able to be a part of this really a, an exciting movement of, of God. And I got to use some of my skills and talents, and I've seen Proverbs grow into this international ministry. Well, that newsletter became a magazine. Um, I started speaking for a season at She Speaks. I started writing devotions, overseeing the um, devotion ministry. We have, you know, a million subscribers, which boggles my mind. Um, I have a staff. I oversee writing teams. I've written 10 of my own books. I even got to edit 
the NIV Real Life Study Bible with Zondervan. I oversee Compel Training. We have, you know, close to 3,000 writers. I, I can't even imagine. I don't know. I would have never seen this in my future. Um, I've gotten to learn about ministry and writing and publishing for, from every angle, and I've loved it. But the greatest lesson I've ever learned is how not to quit. Mm-hmm. So um, whether you're a writer or you're in ministry, you're, you have some other completely different dream. I'm going to share some things that have really made a difference between whether or not you can achieve your goals or whether you set them aside and believe you misheard God. Mm. Because I think the only failure I've ever seen is to quit before God tells you to quit. So if God ushers you into a new season, um, and like, like we have a grandchild, when, when my son and his wife um, had their baby, I knew this is a new season for me. And it's not going to include book writing because Book writing is over uh, my Proverbs time. That's a new season. Um, or maybe you finished your assignment and you focus on something else. See, that's obedience when you when you set it aside your calling because God has said to. But that's not what I've seen happen. I have seen more people quit because of the wrong reason. And most of the time it's because they've got their thinking kind of twisted. So it's not surprising because scripture tells us we're in this battle and it's a spiritual battle. And Scripture is clear that there is someone who plots in schemes against us. Ephesians 6, 10 through 11 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. So that word scheme is methodia, which means this craftiness or deceitfulness. And I don't know if you've ever experienced this deceitfulness, which is always like, Something's not what it seems. And that's what scripture is telling us, that we have this enemy who is twisting things and manipulating things and withholding truth and giving us partial truth and then all out lies. So the only way to stop being deceived is for someone else to reveal the truth. And that's what scripture does for us. So Jesus says, when we know the truth, the truth will set us free. But the only truth that sets us free is the truth that we know. So that's what this teaching is about. I've got three, three truths that I think will make a difference and will help you stand firm. Um, these are, to me, these have just been life-changing. So the first one that I think every person needs to know is that there's no such thing as competition in God's kingdom. If God has called you to do something, there is enough room and opportunity for you. Uh, but that's not what Satan wants you to believe. He wants you to believe that all the good spots are already taken by people who are much more talented or assertive or hardworking than you. Um, And for years I struggled thinking that what I had to offer just wasn't good enough. Um, And if you can believe it, even though I was trained in writing, uh, those fears and questions collided when I sensed God was calling me to write. Because, I mean, when you're trained as a journalist, you have a certain style of writing that's not book writing or magazine writing. So I kind of thought there's so many talented authors out there already. And not only are they more talented than me, but honestly, I'm probably the worst person at marketing myself. I mean, if, if you know me, I show up at She Speaks without business cards. I don't know that I've ever (laughs) bought a business card to a conference. Like I, I think I'm going to do it. I show up and I'm like, I have no business card. So I thought that all those spots which were limited, were already taken. 
And I wanted to quit before I even started. But then God gave me this picture of what his kingdom is like. So I had this vision of a slice of pie that was reserved for people with my calling. So which at that point was to write. So I was called to write and there was a sliver of opportunity and only the best got into that sliver. But then God showed me that he's not in the business of dividing a sliver of opportunity among his children. He's in the business of like baking a bigger pie. Mm. So when we answer God's call in our life, there is unlimited opportunity to serve him Mm. because he's not limited by market uh, trends or economic downturns and nothing is too hard for him. So if he's called you, there's room for you. Mm. But the enemy, the deceiver, the manipulator wants us to believe that opportunities are scarce. Because if we believe that, then we'd have, we have this sense of competition. Mm. And if we have a sense of competition, then we never truly celebrate each other's successes mm. because our brothers and sisters in our same calling are a competition for us to get into that sliver. Mm. And we either have to fight amongst ourselves, whether we, you know, we're Christians, so we don't do it openly, right? We <laughs> do it, you know, or we withhold, we withhold that enthusiasm or support, or I don't know, it may, it can make you so, um, emotionally needy um, when you think that there's a sense of competition. I love this, what Jesus said in Matthew 9, 37 through 38. It's a scripture verse we all know. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. So what Jesus is saying is to pray for more people to step up and do the exact same thing we're doing. It's our harvest field. So we're walking into it and Jesus is saying, pray for more people to be in the exact same thing that you're do the exact same thing that you're doing. So I just think it's an amazing way to live. It's so countercultural. It's radical, honestly. So instead of worrying if there's opportunity, I'm gonna be praying for more women and men to start doing what I'm doing and doing whatever I can to help them succeed. So it's such a freeing way to think. God's not dividing opportunity. So the second thing I think that is helpful to keep us from quitting is that failure is a part of answering God's call. So most of what we do is subjective. Someone else gets to make a decision about our work. So it's not accounting where numbers are numbers. You know, you never see accountants arguing whether five plus five equals 10. It just does. Mm. So, but let's say you want to write a book. Well, first you have to get past the acquisitions editor. And if that editor loves your idea or your writing, they'll bring it to the next step, maybe to the publication board. And then if the marketing department thinks your idea or your book won't sell, they can say no. All right. So you've got somebody there every step along the line. Someone has a subjective opinion. Even if you self-publish, people get to make the decision if they buy your writing or not. So this subjective decision-making happens whether your dream is a job, whether it's starting a company, starting a ministry, selling your art, or maybe even finding the perfect match for yourself. And when your dream feels like it's in the hands of someone else, you can easily be discouraged when they don't give you the thumbs up, especially when you've poured your heart into it. But again, countercultural way of thinking, success in God's kingdom is obedience. It's not the end result. That is up to God, mm. to God. So any risk we take exposes every single vulnerability, especially when you experience this failure. And I see it all the time at She Speaks. Mm. I mean, you just, these women bring their dreams of a book and it makes you feel so vulnerable. Mm. 
And if you don't expect that you're going to feel vulnerable, um, then you're going to be surprised when it happens because it'll make you defensive and it's, it makes, you just get all kind of wonky. So I think it's important to be aware that failure is going to reveal your insecurities. And when you're insecure, you become desperate. Hmm. Oh, so let me, you might not realize this, but let me just give you this example. If you've ever hiked on a mountain and slipped, hmm. like if it's wet or just, you didn't get a good foothold or the rock slide from underneath you. And in that moment of falling, everybody, unless you're maybe a trained mountain climber, everybody panics and grabs for anything that feels secure, whether that's a rock or a person. So when we are insecure and our insecurity is revealed, we can become desperate and make bad decisions like the decision to quit. But the only way to replace insecurity is with security. That's the opposite of insecurity. That's what we all need. We need to feel so secure in our calling that failure isn't a stop sign. So an item is secure when it's attached to something immovable. So if I'm camping and I secure my tent poles in solid ground, the tent's not going to fly away. That's secure. But if it's not secured to something immovable, let's say if I put it in sand then if a storm arises, um, I'm going to spend all my time worrying about my, fl- my tent flying away. So insecurities in our, in our life is like this. Our souls long for security, to be grounded in that which will not move. When we aren't grounded, we subconsciously know our foundation is insecure and changing, which causes us to worry and work harder in a vicious cycle. But what a difference when you are secure in your calling and you have secured that truth to the immovable truth of God, then you will not be shaken. That's security. And I believe that security, when we have attached the truth to God's immovable truth, we will walk forward secure and uh, failure just really won't matter. Hmm. All right. There's one last thing. The third thing to know is that Satan's going to try to disqualify you from your calling. But the truth, the very thing that Satan wants to use to disqualify each one of us is what God will use as our most powerful ministry. I had this vision. It was just, it was an amazing vision at She Speaks of Satan walking around with this rubber stamp and just stamping disqualified Mm. on women one by one by one. But it's not hard to understand why Satan would use this ploy. We all have something in our past or even in our present that needs God's saving grace. We're all in desperate need of a savior. Mm -hmm. And if we forget that, we're in trouble because there is no point we ever don't need Jesus. And that's part of our testimony. We need him for some reason. We need Jesus because in some area of our life, we believed a lie or we've chosen our own way. We've made bad choices. And at that point, God met us and brought healing. Mm -hmm. And we know what our lives were like before Jesus, but we are healed. We are in a place of healing and we are walking a path of victory. But Satan wants us to think we're walking a path of brokenness, hence the disqualification. So we remember Satan's an accuser. He will isolate us. He will make us feel there is something wrong with us. And if people knew it, it would ruin our testimony. Like we would bring shame to God is what Satan wants us to think. But our pain, that place of shame that God has 
has replaced with his, just his glory and his forgiveness. That place is where we experienced God's power. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's so powerful to us. And what qualifies us to do ministry, to write, to, to start a business, any of that isn't because of anything we've done right. It's we're qualified for ministry by the blood of Jesus and mm-hmm. his calling on our lives. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Our lives are proof that God is a miracle worker. And don't you know that our enemy hates that? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. wrapping it up, when you feel like your opportunities are, are shrinking, when you think you've gotten a quote sign that you should quit because someone gave you negative feedback, or you think you've messed up too much for God to use you, remember this teaching and remember this truth from first John 4, 4, you dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Hmm. Glennis, that's so good. I, um, I want to talk a little bit more about what you said at the very beginning of your teaching where you said, I thought my career would always include writing. I didn't really have big goals for myself. My biggest personal goal was to work at a company where I would be able to put together a newsletter, like an employee newsletter. And then you said, I didn't see myself as an editor and writer of anything more than that. And that was your dream. And that is what you were eventually hired to do. Hmm. But like a lot of the times, like with its ministry, it could be like your job at somewhere, you know, in a secular office somewhere. Like usually whenever you're hired, you're hired for something that you want and then you're given more responsibility. And then the dream ends up not looking like you thought it would be. And so Glennis, I like, I think I can put myself in your shoes and I think you can too, Meredith, because you know, you were hired seven years ago, Meredith. Glennis, you were hired a long time ago. Um, I was hired, what, almost five years ago to do like something much smaller than Mm -hmm. what I'm doing Mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny how the dream keeps unfolding, but then you, it's kind of, it's kind of a mess of a dream. And you're kind of like, this isn't what I thought the dream would look like. Right. It's both good and hard. Right. But the hard makes me think that it's, it's not my dream anymore. Like my dream was to do this one thing, but now it's here. But I think, that's that right there is where God says, no, it, it was my dream because all along. Yeah. Yeah. What, right. what I want to do is say, um, God, thank you for this dream. Mm-hmm. I've got this now. Yeah, like, right. here I go. Now watch <laughs> me accomplish it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right? Watch me. Uh-huh. But then Glennis, you, you walked us through all of these things like um, feeling disqualified or failure. And that's like a huge thing for me it makes me think like the first time I fail, it makes me think that I can't do this anymore, Mm. that I'm not, I'm not cut out for this. Mm. But what you said was that if, if we didn't struggle, we wouldn't need him. And our failure is the thing that disqualifies us in our eyes, but it's what qualifies us the most because that's where it allows him. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I love, I love this teaching. Meredith, what did you think? Um, well, first of all, I just want to laugh at, um, it's so true, right? How mm-hmm. when we, we have a dream for ourselves in mind, you know, and when we submit that dream to the Lord, man, is he not a God of multiplication? Mm-hmm. You know, just like you said, Glennis, I loved that your very first point was there is enough room and opportunity for every mm-hmm. single one of us, but man, it's hard to believe that. 
mm-hmm. when you uh, when you swipe through social media, right, ladies? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's hard for me to believe that there's room for me, mm-hmm. you know. But that's where you have to do exactly like Glenna said, and you have to find that grounding. You know, you have to find the grounding in what God has said to you and in in His call on your life. I think one of the things that really stuck out for me in this, Glennis, and I would love to hear your thoughts too, is I loved the part where you talked about insecurity in our lives can be crippling, Mm -hmm. you know, and it will make you panic. And that our souls were created, we were actually created for security, Mm -hmm. but we live in a place, uh, this very broken world, where insecurity is very much part of our lives. And when we aren't grounded in God's truth, that insecurity can can begin to seep into our lives. And I'm, I'm thinking, for me personally, um, I am such an achiever. I, I like to, in a, on a perfect day for me, mm-hmm. here's Meredith Brock's perfect day. I wake up, I have my cup of coffee, I spend some time in my Bible, and then I have my to-do list. Mm -hmm. And that to-do list is 1,000% achievable. Mm -hmm. And I get through all of my to-dos in one day, which means then that night I lay down and go to bed and I feel secure Mm -hmm. because I did everything that I was supposed to do. Everybody is taken care of. I worked through that list. But the reality is these days, Mm -hmm. y'all, my list is never done. No, never. I never go to bed at night feeling like I did, I did everything I was supposed to do today. I got it all done. And there have been periods of my life where that feeling of I didn't get through my list would keep me up at night and would torture my feeling of security. And I would feel insecure and I would feel vulnerable. I would feel like a failure. Mm-hmm. And it would make me, if I couldn't call, if I couldn't find my grounding in the fact that today God saw, all, he was with me the whole time. And he knew that I only had 24 hours today mm-hmm. to do everything he called me to do. And he, when I laid down today and I still had 15 things on that list, he was not disappointed in me mm-hmm. because I work for him and mm-hmm. not for anyone else. And so for me, I've had to really train myself. Sometimes I do that well, and sometimes I do it really, really poorly. And usually it means I slip into like some pretty intense anxiety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I have to really spend some time in the Word of God because that's the only mm-hmm. thing that can seem to untangle me from that place of insecurity mm-hmm. and fear. So have you experienced anything like that, Glennis? I know, you know, you've been in this <laughs> yeah. line of work for a long time. Uh. You know, I think the couple of things I think one of is we don't know that we're standing on insecure, insecure ground until something slips, right, you yes. know, and you, you think it's secure. Like you can mm-hmm. look at a ground, like I'm just thinking practically, physically, like on a hike and you look at it and it looks secure. And then all of a sudden it's not. And that's a, sometimes that's the hardest, hardest place, but it's the best place because then you realize, wow, I had put a lot of faith in something that wasn't secure. Right. And I think high achieving people, maybe high achieving women. I mean, I I think probably mostly women are listening, 
like you, <laughs> Meredith, like me, like Kaylee, mm. like we are used to depending on ourselves. Absolutely. Like we, we can count on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden we find out, uh oh, we can't count on ourselves. And, right. that, and that can shake you up. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really can. And that's, boy, the first time that you realize, oh, I'm, I'm not invincible. You know, you have to, you either become desperate and work harder and harder and harder. You work harder and faster and harder and faster. And then you realize that didn't get me where I wanted to go. Right. Or hopefully somebody tells you the truth, like, hey, there's a better way to do this. And that's depending on the Lord. Mm. And I hope that's what we're doing for women. Right. I hope that we're we're showing them, hey, you know, you can work harder and faster, but it's not going to get you that security. You'll never get that security that you want mm-hmm. until you realize you've you've placed your what you believe in something mm-hmm. that will move. And that's it for me is identifying where have I placed what I believe in something that can shift. Right. And mm. in myself, it'll always shift. It's That's always, right. I'm, wow. I'm just not, I'm human. I'm just too much humanity in me. <laughs> <laughs> I think in all of us, right? Yeah. Yeah, my yeah. What a good, what a good thing for us to just end and pause on, mm-hmm. which is you've got to place your security. You've got to place your success, mm-hmm. everything on the fact that God is a good God. He loves you. Mm-hmm. And obedience to him is all that matters. Mm-hmm. It's not the end result that matters. Success in God's kingdom, just like you said, Glennis, is simply obedience. Mm-hmm. So good. What a, what yeah. a great teaching. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Well, You're welcome. Thanks for the invitation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'd love to give our audience some practical next steps. So I'm thinking of a couple of different types of people who might be listening. Okay. So maybe there's the gal who like just wants to get plugged into God's word and be slight, you know, just challenged to grow deeper in her faith and also to just feel like her life is normal. Our encouragement for today devotions, I feel like are perfect for that because they always start off with a a story. And while I'm not a mom, so I can't always identify with the content there. It just, I know that like, if you read it, there's somebody telling some kind of story that makes your life feel normal Mm -hmm. and that it's okay to not Mm -hmm. have it all together. Mm -hmm. And it wraps up with something great. And so you, like, if that is you, you can subscribe to our encouragement for today devotions on our website. It literally, you just go to proverbs31.org and it is right there on the main page. Or maybe you have a dream and it doesn't have to be a dream um, necessarily to do ministry or whatever, but I want to talk about writers because uh, Glennis is the um, editor for Proverbs. She mm-hmm. is, she has just done so much with where, um, where we've gone in a ministry and training writers. And so Glennis, tell them what they should do if they want to sign up for Compel. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, compeltraining.com is our website. And that actually, I'm so excited because we've just had an overhaul of it. It's mm-hmm. beautiful. And it's, uh, it was always, we had so much information in it, but it's even easier to manage now. So compeltraining.com is our website. And it's, it, it's about 3000 people who are all have the mm-hmm. same heart to write. And we train you from the practical to the inspirational. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yes, that's right. Love it. Okay. And lastly, maybe you don't have a dream to write, like write a book or anything, but do, you do have one to speak or lead. Meredith, do you want to tell them what they should do about She Speaks? Well, absolutely. You guys have heard us talk about it through this whole episode, mm-hmm. really. And what is this thing we keep saying called yeah. She Speaks? She Speaks what? Right. Yeah, <laughs> She Speaks what? What yeah. does she say? <laughs> well, every summer here in Charlotte, North 
North Carolina at Proverbs 31 Ministry Ministries hosts a conference called She Speaks. And we would absolutely love for you to join us. Um, and you can do that by going to shespeaksconference.com. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, also, all of this information we've talked about is going to be found in the show notes for this episode at proverbs31.org forward slash listen forward slash podcast. Yes, because no one in reality is going to remember any of the things that we said. They might. Go inside. Maybe, maybe they're like super sharp. Maybe, maybe they are. But if not, do what Meredith said, proverbs31.org forward slash listen forward slash podcast. That's right. All right. Well, Glennis, thank you so much for giving your teaching today. I just, I think it was perfect for what we need in this Uh, season and for what our audience needs. So I just, I love our tribe and I love the messages that we get to hear Mm -hmm. every time on this podcast. We'll see you guys next time.